It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com at FFFSOSS. Turn Instagram. Twitch.tv slash Nick 3 coming off 48 hours of college basketball, baby, from Thursday afternoon to Sunday night into Monday morning. Isn't it the best? There's really nothing like this tournament. You know, I'm thinking about it because we've we've been fortunate to have a World Cup recently. We have this tournament. Um, NFL playoffs are obviously special. I'd say a great baseball playoff game is up there. Obviously, the attrition of a hockey run in the Stanley Cup playoffs is amazing. NBA has lost me a little bit, but the playoffs, if there's two great teams and they're going for it and there's legacy on the line, I'll watch, obviously. But this tournament, World Cup, it's Champions League, NFL playoffs, that's probably my top four. And I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'll watch a random uh, San Jose, Vancouver, you know what I mean, at... at, uh, 11 o'clock on a Thursday night, you know, late in uh, April there. But this tournament, the two in soccer between World Cup and Champions League, because Champions League is unbelievable. World Cup is unbelievable. NFL playoffs, when you get a great playoff game and you get these rivalries like uh, Bills-Chiefs or Bengals-Chiefs now, you're getting some great rivalries. But the NCAA tournament is is – Something else. You know, the wave of four days in a row. The amount of basketball you watch. The amount of players there are in this tournament. And it's really interesting because for viewers, it's all this basketball. But if you're in the games, if you're on a team, if you're a coach, if you're an administrator, it's just two game tournaments each weekend. So it's very interesting when you look at it, you know, the the zoom out, the zoom in of this NCAA tournament, but what a tournament it's been. So we'll do winners and losers in the kickoff, then we will do our first and second round recaps into Champions League quarterfinals, draw reaction, weekend soccer recap, NFL headlines, golf, and more on the program on this Tuesday. But it will be heavy college basketball, of course, coming off the Opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. And it's been a great, great tournament. So we'll do winners and losers at the top into our first and second round recaps. Then soccer, Champions League quarterfinals, draw reaction weekend soccer recap with a international break on the horizon here for the soccer world. NFL headlines with more free agency stuff. And then golf at the end of the program. All right, so let's kick it off. NCAA tournament opening weekend winners and losers. I think it's really simple. We'll run through it real quick. The SEC for me with Bama, Tennessee, and Arkansas scoring some big wins into the Sweet 16. I think the SEC's winners. I think the Big East with UConn, Creighton, and Xavier making it to the Sweet 16. The Big East is a big winner here. K-State and Texas holding up the flag for the Big 12, but those two schools did a great job. New Jersey hoops. I mean, after you beat a number one seed in Purdue, Princeton knocks off Arizona. Then they knock off Missouri in easy fashion, mind you. So 
NJ Hoops is a winner. UCLA is holding up the banner for the Conference of Champions. Miami's the only ACC team left. You got the quote-unquote mid-majors, because I don't really count them anymore. I guess FAU still is, but Houston, Gonzaga, San Diego State, all getting into the second weekend. And then Mr. March, Tom Izzo, Michigan State. I had this, so hopefully you listen to me here. Michigan State into the Sweet 16, and I think they could certainly get to the Final Four. The losers, you talk about Izzo and the Big Ten and Michigan State. The Big Ten besides Michigan State, specifically Purdue, Iowa, and Indiana. Losers. Now, Indiana, not as much as the other two, and Iowa, not as much as Purdue. But Indiana, you're arguably the better team against Miami. Get yourself to a Sweet 16. Iowa, I'm done with Iowa. I'm done. And Purdue, I told you all year that I didn't love their guards, and their guards were going to be the hang-up for them in the NCAA tournament. And you don't blame that on Edie. Arizona, another loser. That's a horrendous loss. I understand Princeton had a great game plan, hung in the game, went on that run to end it. That's a horrendous loss. Kansas, we have another defending champion out in the first weekend. That's happened time and time again in this new field of 68. Virginia and Duke. I mean, Virginia stinks. To lose to Furman is horrendous. The way they lost is horrendous. And Duke got absolutely bullied by Tennessee. So... Back to the winners in Tennessee, SEC. Alabama did their job. Number one overall seed. Get to the second weekend. Get to the lead eight and figure it out from there kind of a thing. Because obviously, it's very difficult to make a Final Four. We know that even as a one seed. Uh, but Bama did their job. Tennessee did their job. Defended well against Louisiana. Mucked it up. They don't have their point guard in Ziegler. A guy that can kind of do it all for them. So it's a lot of stepping up. And it's a lot of, uh, to put it frankly, bully ball. Uh, Arkansas, what a game in that uh, second-round matchup against Kansas. Big East, impressive. UConn, um, I don't want to say necessarily struggled against Iona in that first half, but they let Iona shoot it really well, and then to have the second half that they did was very impressive, and then kind of did a similar thing against St. Mary's with a very impressive second half. Creighton is just a really good basketball team. I told you that, but I thought Baylor might have Turned it back during an NCAA tournament, but give Creighton a ton of credit, man. And even Xavier. Xavier, who needed a big nudgy block against Kennesaw State in the opener. Pull away from the 11 pit in that second round. So the Big East had a, a nice little week opening weekend there. K-State and Texas holding it for the Big 12. Um, some unfortunate losses for the Big 12, specifically with Kansas. Um but Texas doing their job at the bottom of the Midwest. K-State doing their job in the East. And K-State's a game away from playing for a Final Four in the court, which is crazy. So uh, give those two schools some credit. How about NJ Hoops? Princeton to the Sweet 16 after a awesome win over Arizona. An awesome finish in that one for the Princeton Tigers. And then they just beat down the Missouri Tigers in the round of 32. They just beat them down. They beat them down. Um, Princeton is the fourth 15th seed to reach the men's Sweet 16, joining Dunk City in 2013, Florida Gulf Coast, Oral Roberts in 2021, and St. Peter's famously last season. UCLA holding the banner for the Conference of Champions. Two good wins for UCLA at the bottom of the West. Comfortable against NC Asheville. And I don't want to say comfortable against Northwestern because Northwestern made it a little 
interesting, but still two good wins there for them. Uh, Miami, who had a, an interesting matchup, not only in the first round, but the second round. A lot of people had Drake over Miami as a uh, hot pick. Instead, Miami wins that one, and then they beat Indiana as well. So they're the only ACC team left. Houston, Gonzaga, San Diego State, FAU. I said at the top here, they are mid-majors, but basketball is so much different than and football. So, and, and we've seen it, you know, so many hot, like, one, two, three, four, five. Like, they lose to some of these teams, and you're like, what the hell, where is this team from? But they have, like, three transfers, two guys, you know. So, there's more parity in college basketball, for sure. So, the mid-major thing, eh, whatever. But Houston did their job. Gonzaga did their job. How about San Diego State taking advantage of playing firm in the second round, not UVA, still handling them. Uh, FAU, again, you know, sometimes in the NCAA tournament, you get handed breaks and you got to take advantage of them. FD, FAU did. FAU did. They get handed Fairleigh Dickinson in the second round. And listen, Fairleigh Dickinson obviously isn't an easy out. They just beat Purdue. And they gave FAU all they wanted for a long time. And another big winner has to be Coach Izzo at Michigan State. Handle USC in the first game on the Friday window there and then take down Marquette, the number two seed in the East, to get to the Garden, the real Garden, okay? Not the Garden, the Garden. <laughs> They'll take on Kansas State in a great, great matchup. So those are the winners. The losers, again, it's the Big Ten besides Michigan State. Purdue, you're so much bigger, and I guess, you know, it was an advantage for FDU that they were smaller, which is crazy in basketball, but it was. But I like Matt Painter. I think he's a really great coach, but at some point you got to say, hey, man, like what the hell are we doing that we keep losing to these teams that we're better than? You know, do they need to be an eight seed? Do they need to be... Uh, a six instead of a one, two, or three now, you know? Um, but Purdue has to be a loser. Iowa, I mean, I get it. They're playing in Birmingham. You know, it is Alabama, so Auburn could have traveled much easier, had much more people there. Make some shots. Play some defense. That's disgusting, Iowa. In Indiana, who beat a Kent State team in the opening round that I had them losing to, so give them credit for that one. But lose to Miami, and Miami has good experience, that's for sure. The three guards have been playing together for a while now for Coach Laranega, and they've had some tournament experience. But you're Indiana. You know, Jackson Davis has been there forever. You know, you got to get to Sweet 16. So Purdue, Iowa, Indiana losers. Arizona. Um, Arizona I've watched a lot. And Balo emerging with Tabellus. Larson's a great shooter. And Ramey coming over to play in the backcourt with Krissa. And they got some other uh, young guys on the bench as well, the freshman guard. But to lose to Princeton, and I understand, like, AJ, you just gave Princeton a ton of credit. And I can still bash Arizona at the same time. Two things can be true. You know, Arizona absolutely has to win that game because, listen, Arizona's a two-seed in the South. You know, if they had gotten to the Elite Eight, which they're supposed to do, right, as you look at the seedings, right, the two's supposed to be the three and lose to the one in the Elite Eight, right? Alabama-Arizona, I said it on last Tuesday's show, that would have been an all-time game in Elite Eight in a regional final. 
and Arizona can't even get out of the first round and only scored 55. So, not good enough. I like Tommy Lloyd. I think he's a good coach. That's a bad job. You can't lose to Princeton in that spot. You cannot. I'm sorry. Now, Kansas, I'm not going to crush as much because I did call this. I said Arkansas and Illinois beats Kansas. Whoever wins that game beats Kansas. And it was the Hogs. It was the Must Bus. Ripping off his shirt. What a psycho. I love him, man. I love that guy. But we have another defending champ out in the first weekend. So Kansas out. Loses by one against Arkansas. UVA and Duke. I mean, UVA stinks. It's really, it really hurts me that they did win that natty. Because I could just be crushing them. Absolutely crushing them. And honestly, people be like, Virginia's off the hook now. If they weren't already for winning the national championship, now that Purdue lost to a 16. Why? UVA to me is always the first team that lost. Yes, they won the title after. Give them credit. That's a different season. We're talking about two different teams. Yeah, same school, back-to-back years. That's two different teams, two different outcomes. So it doesn't get Virginia off the hook for me ever. Nothing ever will get Virginia off the hook for me. Even them winning a title the next year does not take them off the hook for me. It could for you. Good for you. Doesn't for me. You can't you can't lose to a sixteen and be like, oh. No, there's no going there's not like a, a zero seed against a seventeen seed. No one can pass you. Anyone can match you, and that's what Purdue did. Purdue matched them. Purdue didn't pass them. Purdue didn't get them off the hook. And yes, I am anti UVA if you haven't figured it out. But UVA stinks. And and Duke, by the way, who, if you said AJ, pick a college basketball team, guns you had, who's your team? Duke is my team. Now, does it seem like it? Because do I watch every single game? Do, no, I'm not the biggest Duke fan, but I've seen Duke a bunch. I've been very fortunate to go to a bunch of Duke games with Moose, um, my former co-host at MA. Been very fortunate to go with him to the Garden many times to see Duke play, which has been great. Um, and I, I had a gun to my head. I would say Duke is my team. But... I love college basketball. I love a lot of coaches in college basketball. I like a lot of players in college basketball. I like a lot of teams in college basketball. At the end of the day, I would pick Duke to be my number one team, but a lot of people view that as crazy because you got to be a Duke fan to be a Duke fan. But fine. You know what? There's bigger Duke fans than me. Of course. I'll say that. I'm not going to be – I'm not a live-and-die Duke fan. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But if you said Gunji had pick a team, it's Duke. But, oh, my God. I mean, Coach Shire – I like the guy. Maybe draw up a game plan or get on the officials that, like, get a tech to just prove a point because Duke wasn't getting calls. And that's crazy to say. But Duke was getting absolutely... Filipowski looked like he went 12 rounds with Tyson in 94. Francesa, happy birthday, Mike, by the way. Francesa treated out. Duke should have brought a cut, man. He's right. It was crazy what was happening in that game. So, I don't know. Those are my winners and losers after the opening weekend. A great, great opening weekend. And now we can get into our first and second round recap. So, we start in the South with the 116, Alabama and AM Corpus Christi. Bama wins at 96-75. Sorry. No... Um, Issue for the Tide, even with Brandon Miller being held scoreless. They scored 54 in the first half, and Cruz controlled the rest of the way. The 8-9 was the first game of the tournament. 
on Thursday. West Virginia, Maryland. Maryland wins at 67-65. Nine ties, 11 lead changes. First half was an interesting one. Virginia started off the game very, very well. Maryland answered back with a run, and then that set up a back-and-forth war of a second half between Coach Willard's Terps and Coach Huggy Bear's Mountaineers. Maryland takes the lead late. Uh, Johnson missed a potential game winner for the Nears, and that's how Maryland erased a horrendous, horrendous start to their NCAA tournament and set up a game on Saturday, which was Bama and Maryland 1-8. Bama wins at 73-51, a spectacular shooting display from the Crimson Tide in the second half. They were only up five at the half, but in that second half, outscored the Terps 45-28 en route to the 73-51 win. Moved down the bracket in the South. To the 5-12-4-13 pod, San Diego State knocks off Charleston 63-57. Charleston only shot 5 of 24 from three-point land. San Diego State a very, very good defensive display. And then we had Furman, Virginia. Furman wins at 68-67. Furman a big run in the second half. They rallied down from 12 back. Virginia missed free throws down the stretch and then inbounded the ball with the lead. Clark just throws it away. I mean, he's such a leader and a great point guard and such a cerebral player. You can't believe that he threw it away like that in the game. Anyway, led to the Furman three that took the lead. Great clip going viral on Monday of Kevin Harlan with Bonner and Stan Van doing the game. And and Harlan go, do you believe what we just saw? <laughs> Can you believe Great call. Harlan's great. That was great. So that set up Furman and San Diego State on Saturday. San Diego State all over Furman. They shot 50%, only gave up 52 points in route to their round of 32 win. Moved down 6-11, 3-14. Creighton, NC State. Creighton wins it 72-63. Wolfpack did not shoot it well. Not a great showing from NC State. Cockburner had 31 in the win for Creighton. UCSB Baylor. Baylor wins at 74-56. Santa Barbara was up 36-35 at half, but the Conchos only scored 20 points in the second half on the way to the Baylor win. So that set up Creighton-Baylor in the second round. Creighton wins at 85-76. Creighton guards were just better. Creighton's guards were just better than Baylor's. Creighton was just way better. Baylor did make it a game, but it was too little too late. Not enough time to mount a full comeback for Coach Drew's Bears. And they're going to be upset with the way they went out, in my opinion, because Creighton just... I don't think Creighton might... The talent level is very similar because Creighton is very good. Their, their five are really, really good. But Baylor, with the experience that they have... Um, some of the other players they have, you would think that um, they would have been into the Sweet 16, but Creighton, with a great offensive showing, didn't really defend well, but that's kind of been Baylor's issue. We've talked about that. They have not played good enough defense to win in the Big 12 consistently enough, and that translated to the tournament. They give up 85 to Creighton in the round of 32. So the bottom of the South, Mizzou, Utah State, 7-10, Arizona, Princeton 215. Mizzou beats Utah State 76-65. Utah State did not shoot it well enough. How about Mizzou's Kobe Brown? His own 12-0 run broke the game open in the second half. 
Utah State actually led 49-47, but never again after surrendering that uh, small two-point lead. So Mizzou moves on to the second round. Princeton and Arizona. Princeton wins at 59-55. Princeton erased a double-digit second-half lead. Tigers finished the game on a 9-0 run. They shot 4 of 25 from three-point land and still found a way to score the upset. Arizona just not good enough. Not good enough. Very poor game from them. Princeton-Mizzou, round of 32, and you got to figure Mizzou is like, hey, we got ourselves a good shot to get into the Sweet 16, and Princeton worked them. Went 78-63. It was a butt-kicking. They won both halves comfortably. Uh, Langboard had 22 in the win for the Princeton Tigers. Everybody talks about that 12-5 upset. You got to start talking about the 215 upset. Again, Princeton, the fourth 15 seed to reach the Sweet 16. 2013 Florida Gulf Coast, 2021 Oral Roberts, 2022 St. Peter's, and now the 2023 Princeton Tigers. Wow. What a story. What a story indeed. All right, let's go to the Midwest now with Houston and Northern Kentucky kicking us off here. Houston wins at 63-52. Sasser actually re-aggravated his groin. Neither team could shoot. Houston just enough to get by. You imagine if they had played maybe F, uh, FDU, they would have lost too, you know, how they would have matched up. But um, Northern Kentucky made it a game but only scored 52 points. So even though Houston did not shoot it well, their defense was there in the game and got them to move on. Auburn and Iowa. Auburn wins at 83-75. Broom was big, 19-12. and Flanagan had 10-10. and Iowa stinks. I just got to say this and and – Say it out loud and get it on the record. Please remind me, okay, people out there, my fans listening, if you are a fan, if you're not a fan, if you hate or whatever, who cares? But if you like the show, thank you. Um, please remind me. Please, 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 please. I'm begging you. Never take Iowa. I say it, and then 12 months later, there I am taking them in the first round again, and possibly it's like, I have to stay. Fran McCaffrey is a horrendous tournament coach. Horrendous. Horrendous. Abysmal coaching job by Fran McCaffrey for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we had Auburn and Houston in the round of 32. Houston wins at 81-64. Second half domination by Coach Sampson's Cougs. They were down 41-31 at half, but they they win the second half 50-23. to Oh, my God. Free throw line you could argue was a difference maker. Houston was 24 of 29. Auburn was only 19 of 36. 36 free throws. And you only make 19 of them. That's horrendous. That's terrible. That's terrible by Bruce Pearl's crew. So the one coming out of the top pod in um, the Midwest here. So we move down. 5-12-4-13. Miami knocks off Drake. Drake was up 8 with 5.40 to play. Miami closes the game out with a 16-1 run. They went at 63-56, and that is gut-wrenching for Drake. Hate the Drake, as they say on Seinfeld. That's a that's a tough loss. That's a tough loss that's going to sit with you because you have them on the ropes. You theoretically have them dead. I know 8 with 5.40 left is not... It's clearly not insurmountable because Miami did it, but... You gotta like your chance. You'd rather be up eight than down eight with 540 left, I'm sure, right? Um, but.
But Miami, what a run to close it out. They clamped up on the defensive end and made some really, really big shots on the other end. Kent State and Indiana. Indiana wins at 71-60. Trace Jackson Davis, a great game. 24 and 11 rebounds, five blocks. Kent State was in the game, but they never had a lead after an early 9-8 lead. So they were hanging around, and Indiana, I guess, theoretically never put them away, only winning by 11. You know, you figure, hey, we win by 15, 16 here, let's put them away. But, hey, Indiana wins the game. So then we had 5-4, Miami and Indiana. Miami wins at 85-69. Indiana goes on a run early second half, but Miami methodically put them away the rest of the half. I wouldn't say it was just like a 8 0 quick run over four possessions where they got four stops and four buckets. No, it just kind of, yeah, Indiana would get a couple buckets, but Miami would keep scoring. And if there was a drought, well, for Indiana, then there was a drought for Miami. So they kind of just slowly, slowly, methodically put them away, and Miami advances to the Sweet 16. Moving on to the Midwest, Iowa State and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh with a big upset. They went at 59-41. Pitt started the game on a 20-2 run. 20-2 to start the game. Uh, Iowa State did close the deficits to 7 at halftime, but they only scored 18 points in the second half. So not like Pitt shot the lights out and blew them out. They still win 59-41, but they defended so, so well. They were excellent on the defensive end of the court. So Pitt scores the upset over Iowa State in the 11-6. How did Xavier do in the 3-14 against Kennesaw State? Well, Kennesaw State was up 13 in the second half. A Xavier 15-0 run gave them the lead back with 4.47 left. Kennesaw State went seven minutes without making a field goal. And late in this one, Nunji, a big block at the rim that would have kept the game alive for Kennesaw State. So Xavier holds on there. And then against Pitt, they shot it really well, Xavier did. Close to 48%. Pitt here ran out of gas. It's really tough to play in those first four games um, and get to a Sweet 16. It's been done. We've seen it been done, but that doesn't mean it's not uh, easy. It's very, very difficult to play that amount of games in that amount of days, and I think it caught up with Pitt, especially they defended against Iowa State so well and Xavier came out and shot it pretty well. Like, that's just a flip of games that you've been dealing with. So, uh, Xavier moves on there. Then we had at the bottom of the Midwest here in the 7-10-2-15. A lot of people figured we'd get Texas and A&M in that second round there. But instead, we got Penn State beating A&M 76-59. Pickett and Funk went crazy. Pickett had 19. He really controlled the pace of the game as Penn State would want him to do, and Funk had 27. The shooter was excellent for Penn State. A&M closed the gap in the second half, but Penn State was just too much in the first 20 minutes for the A&M Aggies to overcome. So Penn State as the 10 over the 7, and then Texas against Colgate. Texas won 81-61. Texas shot at over 50%. They had 13 threes. Rice had 23. Disu and Carr had 17 each. So we had Penn State and Texas here. For a right to the Sweet 16, and Texas wins it 71-66. Penn State up three with a 10-0 run with 4.50 to go. Texas responded with their own 10-0 run. DSU was so good, 
so many great little floating shots, kind of turnaround game. You're like, wow, this guy. Because you think with Carr, Allen, Rice, Hunter, Disu is a great, great player. But a lot of people named the guys I just named ahead of him, right? But he had 28. And he was spectacular, specifically down the stretch in this one, with a lot of big, big, big-time buckets for the Texas Longhorns. So now we go to the West. Kansas and Howard. Howard ran into a tough one here. Kansas shoots at 52%. You're not going to beat them. They went at 96-68. Wilson had 20. Grady Dick had 19. And then the 8-9, Illinois and Arkansas. Arkansas wins at 73-63. Council had 18-10. Anthony Black had a really good block in the closing stages and way too many turnovers for Brad Underwood's Illini. And we had Kansas and Arkansas. Arkansas wins at 72-71. It was a absolute war. Almost ruined by a foul fest from the referees. Kansas kept Arkansas at an arm's length until they didn't. From 11-01 on, no team had a lead bigger than four, looking at the game score and um, the play-by-play -play there. And the free throw sequence with Council missing a free throw, getting his own rebound for Arkansas, and then going right back up with it and getting fouled. <laughs> he could have pulled it out. He could have made Kansas foul. That. No, he said, I'm going right back to that rim. It's almost like he didn't know they had the lead uh, that he pushed the, pushed the uh, button to go back to the rim there. So Arkansas wins it. Musk jumps on the table, rips the shirt off, calls the hogs. What a great moment for Arkansas. Three in a row, Sweet 16s, and they're going for three in a row, Elite 8s, uh, with Musk coming to Fayetteville. What a time. So we move down the west to the 5-12-4-13. VCU, St. Mary's. St. Mary's beats VCU, 63-51. Gales didn't shoot it well, but neither did the Rams. Unfortunately for VCU, Baldwin got hurt. Hurt his ankle in the second half, so he had to leave the game. Iona and UConn. UConn went at 87-63. Iona was hitting some threes early and at first, but UConn was just too big. A 50-24 second half after being down 39-38 at the break. And it was uh, Patino's last game at Iona because he's going to St. John's. Okay. Sonogo with a double-double. That set up St. Mary's and UConn in the round of 32. UConn wins at 70-55. to UConn, a great second half. It seems to be the theme for UConn. Two really good second halves in their opening round and second round games. They were up one at half, and they outscore St. Mary's 39-25 in the second half. Sonogo, another big game, 24-8. Okay. To the bottom half of the West. 6-11, TCU, Arizona State. Arizona State is going to be, I mean, they're going to be killing themselves over this one. This is really tough to lose the way they lost. Um, TCU wins it with a uh, at the buzzer with a layup there. Arizona State could not close the game out. They're up 65-57 with 438 to play, and that's not a gigantic lead by any stretch. That's not what I'm saying. But, again, you'd rather be up than down in that time frame okay um but uh, hey credit jamie dixon's crew never quit always fought back and found a way to have more points than the other team at the buzzer that's just what it came down to they take on the winner of gonzaga versus grand canyon and grand canyon hung around they were in this game 
Uh, Gonzaga wins it 82-70. A 16-0 second half. Zags run really busted this one open for Gonzaga. So that set up Gonzaga TCU. Zags win it 84-81. Gonzaga putting, couldn't put TCU away for good, but they were in control. Um, if you do like to wager on the games, if you had uh, TCU plus 4.5 or Gonzaga minus 4.5, the absolute um, heinous cover shot, depending on which way you're looking at it. Either a joyous one or a heinous one. All the way at the bottom of the West, Northwestern knocks off Boise State 75-67. Boise State closed the gap to four, but never closer. Bowie had 22-5-5. Audis with 20 of his own. UNC Asheville, UCLA. UCLA wins at 86-53. Bruins started the game on a 14-0 run. Hawk has 17 in the win. Northwestern and UCLA. Bona back for UCLA for this one. They win at 68-63. They shot at 50%. The Bruins did. Tiger Campbell, 12 of 12 from the line. Huck has 24 in the win. And, again, Northwestern didn't quit. You know, didn't get blown out. So give them credit. But they still end up getting knocked off in the round of 32 as the UCLA Bruins. All right, the East, absolute chaos here, especially at the top of the bracket. Purdue, FDU. FDU wins at 63-58. Purdue had a 12-0 run. They were up 47-41 at the under-12 media timeout. And then at the next TV timeout, FDU led by two. So just like that, they had erased it. Late in the game, Lawyer misses a game-tying three with seven seconds left. FDU wins both halves. Edie had 21-15 in the loss. The FDU guards were amazing, and I told you why I worried about Purdue because Edie is a special, special player, and Gillis is a nice player, but the guards are not. They were not good enough. They were not good enough. Um, and I thought they could have lost to Florida Atlantic. I thought they could have lost to Memphis. I certainly thought they could have lost to Duke or Tennessee, but to lose to FDU, that's crazy. So the 8-9 there, FAU Memphis. FAU wins at 66-65. Wild one here with Memphis up 35-31 at the half. The finish to this game was insane. Tigers take the lead on a tip-in after a missed layup, and the Owls can't get a bucket, but Memphis turns it over, and then FAU basically gave it back. We got a jump ball scramble. That probably shouldn't have been a jump ball, but it's FAU ball with the arrow. They get a driving layup with two seconds left to give them the lead. And they do not give up a bucket to Memphis to win it. So that set up FDU, FAU for a right to play in Madison Square Garden Regional. And FDU ran out of gas, unfortunately. FAU wins at 78-70. They were hanging around. Um, they had hit some big shots, but I think they just, again, similar to a pit, it's just too many games and too many days. And the emotions eventually do catch up with you. They have to, so... Um, FAU on to the Sweet 16 coming out of this pot. Then we got 5-12-4-13, Duke, Oral Roberts, Tennessee, Louisiana. Duke handles their business against Oral Roberts. They jumped out to a 15-0 lead. They won at 75-51. Roach had 23 in the win for the Dukies. Louisiana and Tennessee. Tennessee wins at 58-55. Louisiana was in this game. Both teams really struggled from the field. A ton of turnovers. A poorly played game. Louisiana made big runs in both halves to get it close, but UT held firm, give them credit, being shorthanded. And then Duke-Tennessee, I've already kind of talked about it. Tennessee wins at 65-52. Um, it was a wrestling match. The refs were terrible, uh, but Duke wasn't ready for that type of game. 
Uh, Kamwa, 23 of his 27 in the second half. Too many turnovers for Duke. Um, 15 of them led to 18 Tennessee points. And Tennessee is certainly beatable, by the way. So I don't want to hear like that about them. So um, that's, that's not a great loss for Duke. I understand that Tennessee's seated higher than them, but again, the officials are very poor. Providence, Kentucky in the 6-11. UK wins at 61-53. Good first half for Kentucky. Stretched the lead to 7 at the break. Providence closed the gap, but they never got closer. Sheboy, 25 rebounds. He's so good. Last game uh, for Coach Ed Cooley as a Providence Friars. He's going to take the Georgetown job. Montana State, the 14 here in the East, took on Kansas State. Kansas State went to 77-65. Noel, 17-14 assists in the win. Johnson, 18 and 8 boards in the paint. Kansas State just owned Montana State 48 to 30. Then we had Kentucky, Kansas State, round of 32. Kansas State wins it 75 69. Great rally by Kansas State in the second half after Kentucky had started the second half on a 13 2 run. It was really the power of Shebway for Kentucky against the outrageous elite passing level of Noel in this one. So, um, what a game. K-State pulls away there. Kentucky couldn't make some shots down the stretch. Um, but you got to give K-State a ton of credit with Tang. And he said, hey, we got we had more dudes today. We had more dudes today. And the bottom of the East, Vermont and Marquette, USC and MSU. MSU beat USC in his first game on Friday. Uh, Michigan State wins at 72-62. Tied at half. Michigan State went on a 13-2 run with 424 left. Hauser had 17. Walker and Aikens each had 12 in the win for Izzo. Vermont Marquette. Marquette wins at 78-61. Vermont was in the game, but uh Vermont was in the game, but Marquette pulls away. Cam Jones went on his own 12-0 run to break it open in the second half there. And then we had Michigan State Marquette. Michigan State wins at 69-60. And the Spartans started the game on a 14-3 run. Middle of the second half, a little back and forth with not a tremendous amount of scoring. So a little back and forth and a good finish with Michigan State. Clutch, Hoggard, clutch, Walker, clutch. Hauser did enough. Walker, 23 points in the win. So we'll do a full Sweet 16 preview on Thursday show, we'll look ahead to Bama, San Diego State, Creighton and Princeton, Houston, Miami, Xavier, Texas, Arkansas, Connecticut, Gonzaga, UCLA in the West, and then Florida, Atlantic, Tennessee, and Kansas State, Michigan State at the Garden. So very exciting time. Some great, great college basketball. Um, if you're listening and this is your first time listening and I haven't spoken about it because I forgot about it, to be honest with you, um, thanks for all the followers. Obviously, shout out to the Madness Sheet with Timmy with some big retweets there. I mean, the trend was unbelievable. Um, 19-7, and I'm pretty sure, which is, I mean, that's insane. That's an insane run. Um, the trend is great when it hits. Um, when it doesn't hit, obviously, it sucks. And there's obviously been a ton of unders in this tournament already, so it's not like we're going out on a crazy limb. But the fact of the matter is the under trend's been sensational. 19 and 7. 10 and 3 first half, 9 and 4 game. I mean, it's pretty damn good. Overall, the trend's 64, 32, and 2, by the way. 
if you've been with me from the beginning. So, um, shout out to you guys. If you made it this far and I forgot to say thanks already, thank you. Um, that's cool. So, yeah, this is really what the pot is, me talking to myself. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it, hey, I'll try to keep giving out winners. So, um, again, one pick had a pretty good season. Uh, the trend's having a good season. So, if you're following for gambling picks, I don't give out a ton, but I do. When I do, I try to give out winners with one pick and the trend, obviously. So, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. Um, and thanks for following. Hopefully, I made you some money. That'd be cool. Okay. Um, so, that's the college basketball. We'll preview the Sweet 16 on Thursday's program. We'll get to the lead eight possibilities as well. Okay. Footy. Champions League quarterfinal draw reaction. Real Madrid against Chelsea. And the winner there is going to play Man City and Bayern. And the other uh, side of the bracket, Inter, Benfica. And then the winner will play Milan-Napoli. So we're we're at least going to have one Italian team in a semifinal. Possibly could have two. And that would guarantee an Italian team in the final. We haven't had one in a while. And then on the other side with Real Madrid, Chelsea, and Man City, Bayern... You could argue the winner is probably going to come from this side unless one of the Italian teams plays a great, great final, um, which is possible. But Real Madrid, this is their competition. You write them off, they'll be back. It doesn't matter. Um, Chelsea, winners two years ago now, if I'm not mistaken. Three years ago now? Two years ago? Two. Three. And City and Bayern, I think, are everybody's top choices. So the winner of that will probably be the top choice to win it all. Um, and City have a big opportunity to knock off a big, big favorite on the way. You know, them getting to a final, losing to Chelsea, you could argue that was their best opportunity for this thing, getting to a final and being 90 minutes away. But they haven't played the biggest teams in this competition or any cup competition if you look at the draws. But... They get Bayern, and Bayern are going to be ready and battle-tested. And you don't think Jao Cancelo is going to be up for that game? Those two matches? Oh, boy. So Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man City, Bayern. The winner faces off there in the semifinal. And then on the other side, Inter, Benfica, Milan, Napoli. Now, if Inter do beat Benfica, either way, it's going to be an awesome semifinal because you either get a Milan derby for... <laughs> oh, my God. Those games will be intense. Milan will be on fire for two weeks if you get Milan enter in the in the semifinal. But Napoli, great team, but it is Milan's competition. If you're gonna say who is each team, you know, in in each country, it's Liverpool's competition in England, it's Milan's competition in Italy, it's Real Madrid's competition in Spain. So that's how you argue that and figure that out. But it, we got some great, great matchups. going to be looking forward to when we can preview those teams. So we get soccer recap. Forrest, Newcastle. Newcastle went at 2-1. Dennis actually gave Forrest the lead. It has set the city ground on fire. But Isak, a stoppage time, first half equalizer. And then Isak, a PK in stoppage time to win it for Newcastle. Villa, Bournemouth. Villa went at 3-0. David Louis, uh, Douglas Louise, Ramsey, and Buendia, the goal scorers. Brentford, Leicester City. That one was 1-1. Jensen scored for Brentford. Barnes equalized for Leicester City. Southampton, Tottenham, 3-3. Poro opened the scoring for Tottenham. Adams got Southampton even at the start of the second half. 
Kane and Perisic gave Tottenham a 2-1 and 3-1 lead, respectively. But then Theo Walcott, the man who just cannot stop scoring and assisting against Spurs, get them back in the game. Southampton Saints down 3-2, and then they win a PK. Ward-Prowse buries it in stoppage time, 3-3, which led to Antonio Conte in many more words and not as direct, basically saying in his post-match presser to sack me. I can't take it anymore. I'm done with this club. They don't do the right things. They don't win the right way. They don't suffer the right way. The board doesn't pay any money. So he was basically saying, like, I've had enough. Please end this for me, which it seems like they're going to. Um, Wolves leads. Leeds win a 4-2. Harrison and Ailing and Christensen gave Leeds a 3-0 lead, but then Johnny and Cunha made it uh, 3-2. Johnny got sent off red card, and then Rodrigo um, made it 4-2. Nunes got sent off from the bench, so that's how Leeds won a 4-2. Chelsea Everton, this one finished 2-2. It's a bad result for Chelsea. Great result for Everton. Jao Felix opened it up for Chelsea. His first goal at the bridge for Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Jacore leveled it. Kai Havertz from the spot gave Chelsea a lead that they thought would have been good enough to win the match, but then it was Sims with an 89th-minute equalizer for Everton, a gigantic, gigantic goal, another big point for them as they try to fight off relegation. Arsenal-Crystal Palace. The story ahead of this one was that Crystal Palace sacked Vieira, who, show in and show out, I just give compliments to Vieira. I thought he was doing a great job. And to be fair... They're like sacking him on his recent run of fixtures. Well, look who they've had to play. They've had to play all the big teams. And now you sack them before the run of teams that they can get points against. Like, I don't know. I think that was not fair. I think that was a bad job by Crystal Palace. They bring in Roy Hodgins, who's going to try to keep him up. But uh, I understand they're in the relegation battle just because of the number of points they have. But there's so many teams, and I think they're better than so many of those teams that if they played head-to-head, Crystal Palace would win the matches. But they don't give uh, Vieira the chance to finish out the season. And Arsenal beat Crystal Palace in the meantime, 4-1. Martinelli, Saka, Jaka made it 3-0. Schlupp got one back, and then Saka made it 4-1. FA Cup quarterfinals, Man City, Burnley. City went at 6-0 on Vincent Company's return to the Etihad. Holland Hattrick, Alvarez Brace, Palmer goal. Sheffield United beat Blackburn 3-2. So Sheffield United into the semifinal. Brighton beat Grimsby Town 5-0. March and Matoma amongst the goal scorers for Brighton. And then Man U Fulham. This was a wild one, folks. Man U win at 3-1. Mitrovic put Fulham up in the second half. Willian handball. In real time, it looked like it was his leg, but it was his hand. And his arm. So, denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Red card sent off. And this is where Fulham lost the plot. Because even if United score and it's 1-1, hold off for extra time. Try to do something. Whatever it is, right? But they lost the plot. Because Silva, the manager, got sent off. And then Mitrovic went crazy. Bumping the ref. Screaming at the ref. And honestly, like, it was a pen. Like, you know me, I'm rooting against United. It was a penalty. What are you arguing about? Like, I get it if there's a 
a foul that's not called leading up to a goal and be like, you look at that foul, look at that foul. Like, it's a clear handball. What are you arguing about? To get sent off like that? So Bruno levels it. Sabitzer gives United a 2-1 advantage, and then Bruno makes it 3-1. So FA Cup semifinal draw. Of course, City gets Sheffield United. Brighton's going to play Man U. Because why wouldn't Brighton get Sheffield United and we had a Manchester Derby in the semi? But that's just me. Um, City and United both get pretty light draws if you look at both cup competitions in England in the last five, ten years. And I don't think, man, you left Old Trafford the whole cup run for either uh, either tournaments besides the semifinal because it's a two-like one in the Carabao. Before you catch me there, I'm all man, you fans. I said it first. La Liga, Atletico, Valencia, Atletico win a 3-0. Griezmann, Carrasco, and Limar scoring for Diego Simeone's men. And then El Clasico, Barcelona win a 2-1. An old goal off Aaron Howe gave Real Madrid a 1-0 lead. Then Sergio Roberto equalized. And then in stoppage time, after Asensio had thought he gave Real Madrid the lead and the title hopes back on, that goal got waved off, and Kessier's goal stood. So a big, big goal for Barcelona, theoretically putting away La Liga unless they collapse. Serie A, Atalanta, Empoli, Atalanta win at 2-1. Udinese, AC Milan, Udinese win at 3-1. Sarin, Napoli, Napoli win at 4-0. Awesome and Brace, Cravachella, and Ndombele scoring for Napoli. Lazio beat uh, Jose Marino's Inter 1-0. Abanias had two yellows for Roma, so they were down to 10 men. And Juventus beat Inter 1-0, courtesy of a caustic goal. And Juventus got knocked 15 points off, but here they are in Champions League uh, contention again. So Napoli, I believe, are 21 points clear at this point in the season. And certainly when they have quarterfinal games, if not semifinal games of Champions League, they should be rotating fully. Um, But we'll see what happens in Serie A. We have Barca... I don't want to say running away with it in La Liga, but they are ahead, and Napoli has kind of run away with it in Serie A. Bundesliga, Bochum beat Red Bull Leipzig 1-0. Dortmund beat Clone 6-1. Guerrero, Haller brace, Royce brace, Malen scoring for Dortmund. Union Berlin beat Frankfurt 2-0, so they're still on the hunt. And Leverkusen knock off Munich 2-1, so a big, big win, and that echoed across the Bundesliga title race. League 1, PSG lose to Stadrenn. To nail at home. So we got an international break coming up in footy. NFL headlines. Panthers sign Adam Thielen. Said he talked to the Cowboys among some other teams before landing in Carolina. Eagles re-signed Darius Slay. So everybody was upset about the Eagles moving on from Darius Slay. Well, they brought him back. So there you go. But the Eagles did not bring back C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Lions. Cowboys news. They trade for Brandon Cooks from the Texans. They give up this year's five and next year's six. Speaking of the Texans, they re-signed Tunsil to make him the highest paid tackle. They signed Dalton Schultz, the former Cowboy tight end, to a one-year deal, and the former Bills running back Singletary as well. Bucks cut Cam Brate. Gasecki's going to the Patriots, and the Bears signed uh, Foreman to replace Montgomery in their backfield after the Lions signed him. So a lot of teams making some moves as is uh, custom to free agency when bad teams have a lot of cap space, but we'll see. It's You got to hit on free agency. You got to hit on the draft. You got to have the right coach if you're going to build a turnaround in the NFL. 
because it's very hard to win in that league consistently. Yeah, you can win here and there with bad teams, and if you catch teams with injuries or they didn't prepare right or on a short week or whatever the kind of situations are, but it's very hard to win consistently in the NFL. So you got to get free agency right, you got to get the draft right, and you got to get the uh, coach right, of course. All right, um, golf before we wrap it up. Wild finish at the Valspar. Give credit to Taylor Moore, uh, but Spieth and Sheck blew it. Spieth absolutely blew it. I mean, he has opportunity after opportunity. The fact that he made the bogey save after the horrible tee shot um, to only drop one shot instead of two, and then to stuff it on 17 only to miss the putt after the guy rolled in a 70-footer. Like, it's just so Spieth, it's crazy. Um, but that's a really bad job out of Spieth, unfortunately, to not get a win there at Valspar. But, hey, credit Taylor Moore. So this week we got the Dell Match Play, which is an awesome, awesome event. So we can go through the groups really quickly here because I think it gets started on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we got Group 1 is Scheffler, Tom Kim, Alex Thorne, and Davis Riley. Rom is the star of Group 2 with Horschel, Keith Mitchell, and Ricky. Rory in Group 3 with Keegan, Denny McCarthy, and Scott Stallings. Cantley in the fourth group with Brian Harmon, KH Lee, and Nick Taylor. Um, group 5 is Max Homa, Hideki Matsuyama, Kisner, and Sue. Xander Shoffley in group six with Tom Hoagie, Aaron Wise, and Cam Davis. Group seven, Willie Z, Ryan Fox, Harris English, and Andrew Putnam. Victor Hovland is the top player in group eight with Chris Kirk, Siwoo Kim, and Matt Kuchar. Group nine, Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, Adam Sevenson, and Victor Perez. Group 10, Tony Finau, Kurt Kitayama, Andrew Merdick, Ben Hosen. Group 11, Fitzy, Vigala, uh, Lee, J.J. Spawn, Spieth in Group 12 with Shane Larry, Tyler Montgomery, and Mackenzie Hughes. And then Group 13, Sam Burns, Seamus Power, Adam Scott, Adam Hadwin, Terrell Hatton in Group 14 with Henley, Herbert, and Griffin. 15, Cam Young, Sepp Strocker, Corey Connors, Davis Thompson. 16, Sung Jay, Tommy Fleetwood, J.T. Poston, and Maverick McNeely. So those are the groups for the Dell match play. An awesome, awesome event. There's not a lot of match play on the tour. Um... You can probably see it more on your uh, weekend muni than uh, on the tour. So to have all these pros play match play and the mind games of like, you know, hitting first versus hitting second uh, versus, you know, you're off the green and you chip in and your opponent has an eight footer. All of a sudden that eight footer gets a little longer because you got to make it now. It's not just to win the hole, it's to tie the hole. So match play is thrilling. You can learn a lot about match play by watching these pros and, um, their mindsets because you got a guy like Kevin Kisner who does not hit the ball far and then he'll find himself always in like the semifinals of these events. I mean, he's he's an outstanding ball striker and an accurate driver and a great putter. And those are match play monsters. So um, looking forward to the Dell match play this week. So we got that coming up. So we'll talk about that on Thursday show. Of course, we have plenty of college basketball still with Sweet 16 and Elite Eight talk on Thursday's show so enjoy the couple days here lull and we'll gear back up for Thursday in the Sweet 16 hopefully you enjoyed the tournament first uh, opening weekend hopefully you got in on the undertrend thank you peace out
football and sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.